The Women in Media podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring 2024. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. I'm Sarah Burke, the host of the Women in Media podcast. We're into Women's History Month and ready to celebrate another International Women's Day. This week also marks the one-year anniversary of this podcast. If you're put in an environment, a toxic environment, where you're always competing for that one role, it's hard. You know, you read all the stats and we can only get so far. That in itself, from a confidence perspective, is so shattering. I hate when people say, do you actually like sports? Like, that's the biggest biggest slap in the face someone can ask because they would never ask any of my male counterparts or colleagues. I was terrified, which I'm sure a lot of women are when they find out that they're pregnant. I think kindness can, it can really be the, the superpower you have and that you need to lead. Currently, there is not a single photographer for Canadian press who is a woman. They are all men. We have to, in a way, compete for one spot. As a woman at 48 years old in media, that's a lot of the con column if you're doing your pros and cons list. It shouldn't be, but, you know, the reality is it is. We were driving and he was smoking a cigar. He was a huge man. He took up the whole backseat of the limousine. He was dropping me off and he goes, you know, Jan, you're, you're 30 pounds away from superstar in this country. I'm not subtle. You know, and that idea of ambition and women, it's not always <laughs> the most well-received. I wanted to revisit some of the inspiring conversations today. Call it a best of, if you will. But I'm going to do that while I share some personal news. I got thinking about what women in media actually have in common. And I arrived at the word resilience. Some of my biggest mistakes, you know, have been some of my greatest learnings. And as they say, it's like learning what not to do is actually even more valuable than learning what to do. A lot of radio people are very old school and they live in the sense of like when radio was like the biggest thing in the world in the 70s and 80s. And I've seen people who are so in that mindset. So when someone new or younger comes in and has these new ideas, they're like, no, absolutely not. At the time, I saw it as such a defeat. I was like, she thinks I suck. She thinks I'm the worst. But now I look back at it and I was like, wow, what a huge career pivoting moment. Listen, there are times when I have a good cry, for sure. You have to let the air out of the tire. You'll burst if you don't. Look, I spent a lot of my life hating myself. I had to stumble a lot. I had to deal with a lot. I had to fall into a lot of pits and hit a lot of bottoms and learn a lot of stuff. I fought for myself and I said, you know what, if I get blackballed, then this is just not for me. But what I can't do is sacrifice my integrity and feel worthless coming into work and feel like I don't belong here. Sometimes you, you're like, remember when so-and-so said this and you still did it anyways and you thrive? Like, baby girl, you are it. Resilience is defined as the ability to recover from or adjust to misfortune or change. After all, we are talking about one of the most rapidly changing industries where everything from the news to your job can dramatically change by sundown on a given day. The only sure thing is change, as a matter of fact, and you'll be resilient if you can embrace that. There is a story of resilience tied to every one of my guests, and you've all inspired the hell out of me. Through your courage, your grit, and your grace, you've reminded me that I'm not alone in the way I often feel, and the way many women in this business feel at times. You inspired me to make a really difficult decision, and although it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, you helped to remind me that no one's going to put you first, but you. You know, when I launched this podcast just ahead of International Women's Day a year ago, 
My aunt asked me, "Hun, when do we get to hear your story? I laughed that right off, tucked that comment into the back of my head and tried not to think about it for the year. The truth is, though, while I've been interviewing incredible women about their challenges and triumphs in the media, I've been having a really difficult time myself. If you've noticed, you haven't heard too much about my story yet. And why? Fear. I was scared to be a gay woman on a rock station because of, you know, the flack. And so I kind of minimized myself a lot. And to see where we are now, that I can be out and talking about, you know, my partner or pride and that it's just, it's celebrated. But it's been a, it's been a practice of vulnerability for sure because vulnerability is terrifying. We have to be not scared to sort of ask and step up, whether you're a parent or not, like to kind of ask, this is what is going to work for me. And then we need to be surrounded by those allies, people that are gonna say like, yeah, let's, let's make that happen or let's do things differently or let's accommodate this especially in our industry. Otherwise, there's a big female brain drain. Really, I felt like I was at the height of Canadian media. So you don't leave, especially it's a small industry. There aren't a lot of jobs. They'll remind you this, like you should be grateful to be there because there's a lot of people who want to be in that position. I didn't even openly talk about being gay like on social media until just a couple of years ago um, because I did grow up in a very religious community where it was very shamed upon to like even talk about it. You know, we can talk ourselves out of doing anything and we can be our own worst enemy and self-critic. And one day, you know, I'm having this like typical sort of inner battle with myself. I'm out walking my dog on the trails and and then my, you know, inner jerk voice would be like, nobody's going to read it and what are you going to write about? And Fear seems to be a constant theme on this podcast and it's popped up in almost every conversation. It's different for everyone. Sometimes it's fear of losing one's job, fear of judgment, fear of not being good enough, fear of being too demanding, fear of asking too much, fear of saying the wrong thing. Fear of being too confident, too bold, too much. What stops you from making tough decisions? For me, it was the fear of possibly ruining my career, the fear of not getting another great job, the fear of repercussions. So why is it that fear is so popular amongst women, and especially women in media? I'm going to reframe that right here and right now because I've come to terms with this. Kind of like Elsa in 1883 or Beth in Yellowstone, When you look fear in the face, you'll know exactly what you're made of. Fear is fucking fascinating. It's got two heads. It's multi-purpose. Fear can make the best and worst of you. Fear can scare you into a terrible decision just as fast as it can encourage you to take a huge, exciting risk. Fear, without a doubt, is powerful. Like Tracy Martin said in episode two. If you're not nervous, it's not brave. And if you're not scared, your dream is too small. When I'm nervous and I feel like an imposter, I'm like, okay, I must be in the right space. I just became a stat in the great resignation and left my job. The job that I loved. I handed in the resignation letter without even lining up a new full-time job. I carefully crafted this letter thinking about my team, the projects we had in front of us, the support that they might need before I determined the date. I wanted to respect my superiors on my way out, giving them ample time to work on transition of duties and all that. I wanted to leave with grace. And one of my greatest fears came true in the process. I didn't get a proper goodbye. I didn't get a chance to say thank you to my colleagues or partners I work closely with and communicate with sometimes every day. The emerging musicians turned friends that have been the soundtrack to my last five years. I have no choice but to remember that a goodbye is never guaranteed in this industry. 
And this was simply a business decision that I have no control over. The only thing I could control was how I wanted to resign. The literal words I would put on the page and what I would choose to take away from this experience. The lessons learned. If you're going to spend more hours working than you are going to spend with your family, your friends, or your partner, which are all very important relationships in your life, your relationship with your job must therefore be carefully considered. And when things aren't working out with a spouse or a friend, you try, you have hard discussions, maybe you go to therapy, compromise. And after all of that, if things still aren't working, it may be time to let go of that relationship. I also loved when Terry Hart compared leaving a job to a breakup in the first episode of 2022. My analogy that I use is when I lost my job at Bell, it was like my boyfriend broke up with me, but I was already looking at another boy. And then when I lost my job at Rogers, it felt like I was left at the altar in my wedding dress. Sometimes jobs break up with us and sometimes we break up with them. And you've heard about this trendy great resignation conversation. Forbes recently did a piece on this and shared some findings from an American survey that asks what's causing the great resignation. The top three causes were low salary, limited career opportunity, and not feeling valued by management. But let's unpack one more factor. I think this pandemic has forced many of us to look inside, ask ourselves who we are, what we care about, and who we want to be. The thing about this great resignation is people aren't just quitting their jobs. They're quitting the circumstances that surround their jobs. For some, it may be flexibility to work remotely. For some, it's an abusive manager. It's kind of like that whole you can love someone even if you're no longer in love with them sort of thing. It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel Instant Mushroom Coffee from Organic Traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with lion's mane mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee. Actually better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to OrganicTraditions.com and use the promo code WOMENINMEDIA20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. To reference another recent conversation on this podcast, Kathleen newman Bermang said something that may have made this decision for me. You know, I, I live my life by the quote uh, by Erica Williams-Simon. Don't ever attach yourself to a person, a place, a company, an organization, or a project. Attach yourself to a mission, a calling, a purpose. That is how you keep your power and your peace. You have to live according to a mission. Not a brand, not a company, not a radio show. Those things can and will change at a moment's notice. And you have to be left with something. Something you're proud of. Something that stands for itself. I made the decision to resign in the name of self-love and... That concept is pretty new for me, if I'm being real with you. The challenges were outweighing the joy that I once felt at work. But as thrilling as these last five years have been at a really exciting company, it became difficult to separate me from SiriusXM. 
I also came to an important realization that helped me face my fear. My accomplishments will follow me wherever I go next. Just because you resign, it doesn't erase what you've poured your heart and soul into for five years. It doesn't end friendships that will continue. So what else do I have to be but grateful? Every time you make a decision that isn't in alignment with you, you know, your morals, your ethics, your place in the world, your values, you're chipping away at yourself. And if you keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away, what are you left with? You always have the option to rebuild. You can evolve. The community I've been building on this podcast has given me the comfort to know that I too will rebuild. If I think back to February 2017, I was a puddle of tears trying to figure out how I was going to say goodbye to my FM96 audience in London. I wrote it down. I cried it out on and off the air. Funny enough, it's exactly five years later and I wrote down all my emotions and I can't believe how different the person I am today is from the person that I was back then. I am so grateful for this entire journey and I'm really excited for the future. I do have some thanks to give as I end this chapter and I wasn't given much else of a choice but to do this here. I want to thank SiriusXM and my colleagues for the last five years. I've learned so much about our business and the industry, but also about myself and what I'm capable of. Jeff, you are a beloved member of the music industry, and I can't thank you enough for taking a chance on me, bringing me onto your team. Thank you for all the memories at Americana Fest and the CCMAs, and for showing me the ropes at SiriusXM. But most importantly, thanks for that little question you asked me on my first day at lunch. How do you feel about working in country music? I came to SiriusXM as a rock gal, and I'm leaving as someone who can program and appreciate every format of music. That little question changed the path of my entire career, and I will forever be grateful for it. Craig, you've made me feel like family on several occasions. We've been through a lot together in the last few years, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate your approach to mental health and championing your people. You've been a real cheerleader for my work and any new ideas I brought to the table. Siobhan. I will be forever jealous of your radio voice, but having you on my team has honestly been a dream. Our pivot to working from home will go down in history as the smoothest transition ever, and I really admire how you do everything with a smile, even if life is literally falling apart behind the scenes. Marc-Andre, you have seen me at my most vulnerable stepping into a management position when I had no idea what leading a team would really look like. You truly are the person who shaped me into the manager that I am today. And thank you for your patience as I made mistakes and learned along the way. Kim and Kaylin, working with the two of you, creating content for a traditionally underserved audience has been my absolute favorite part of SiriusXM. Learning and laughing with you both in team meetings is really the reason that I think I stuck around as long as I did. I'm certain that you will continue making the Indigiverse on SiriusXM a meaningful channel for Indigenous communities, not just in Canada, but everywhere. John, when I think about what I've learned from you during my time at SiriusXM, it can be summarized with what I can do today compared to what I could do when I waltzed in. I came here as an afternoon drive host and a programmer, and I'm leaving as someone capable of presenting to an executive team and analyzing data, as someone who can think critically about business. Thank you for all the opportunities you put in front of me. I've surprised myself. Nicole, working with you has been a blast from music festival road trips to Blue Rodeo Radio, and I'm still not certain how we pulled that off with one day in between the CCMAs and the gig at the Elma Combo. You have taught me so much about the professional I want to be and become, and you're also a great friend. 
You're so good at your job, by the way. Maybe even too good. Special thanks to Sam, Rosanna, Allison, Nirmala, Burns, Social Steve, Joe, Pete, Jen James and Jen Charlebois, Cassandra, Ben and Paduch, Joel, Bruce and Lippa, and my man, Drew Kahn. You all made my experience at SiriusXM what it was, and I loved working with you all. Some people may still be wondering what actually happened. In summary, I'll say I stopped seeing my potential for growth in the environment I was in, and growth is really important to me. I've accomplished a lot in these last five years, and it's only fair that I acknowledge some of those things the way that I encourage my guests to. Some of the things that I'm really proud of include shaping the sound of North Americana, one of Canada's only AAA radio formats, while hosting a weekly show that brought me so much joy. Sunday service, as coined by my pal JJ Shiplett, allowed me to support great Canadian musicians, but I also got to interview musicians like Mike Campbell of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Natalie Hemby, Daniel Lanois, John Batiste. It's been an incredible ride. I built a music submission system with a little help from Andy Burns in our digital department to help level the playing field for emerging artists and in particular indigenous artists who may not have extra cash to spend on a radio tracker or radio promo. I got to lead SiriusXM's first indigenous team through a meaningful rebrand of a channel that was essentially a mixtape when I got there with a team that's so badass that we won Broadcast Dialogues Award for Multi-Market Show of the Year last year for Turtle Island Talks. And by the way, they're getting ready for episode two, and I hope you'll listen because that is an ongoing initiative about putting reconciliation into action. So what's next? The truth is I don't really know. Terrifying, right? (laughs) As fucking scary as the idea of leaving a secure job was, I knew it was time, and I know I'm ready for a new challenge. I'm very lucky I've got some time to figure out what I'm going to do next while I host the evening show at Indy 88 here in Toronto. And Mike and Ian, I have to thank you for being so supportive during all this and keeping a seat warm for me because I'm going to get to do something I truly love while I figure my life out. And here's what I will say about what I do want next. Whether I'm creating content or overseeing content, it's got to be content I care about, stories I care about telling. Every February, that term, Black excellence, is emblazoned everywhere. Uh, We talk about the first, you know, the first Black U.S. vice president. We talk about these people who have been exceptions and exceptional, and we put them under this tag of Black excellence. I think that that, which started as this really beautiful, uh, important thing and a way to push back on terrible stereotypes, stereotypes that Black people were lazy or not smart or not excellent. And I think it has turned into this push for white validation and this push to succeed in systems that continue to oppress us. You know, Indigenous experience, it's not the same for everybody. Um, and me growing up without it, I think that's that's a common thing because a lot of people were put into foster care or were distanced from their culture because of, you know, religion or um, residential schools that forced people to not have anything to do with their culture. That That's where the shame started. I've been out as like queer for most of my career. Um, but I recently came out as non-binary. Whenever I get emails, especially in, in this media world, it's always like, hey girl, hey lady. There was a certain point where it started to feel really uncomfortable. You shouldn't always assume someone's gender based on different 
physical aspects. Like I have long hair. That doesn't necessarily mean I am identify as woman. In the seven fire prophecies, each fire refers to a time period. And it said that we're in the time of the seventh fire now, which is a, a time of great turmoil, a time of great power as well, where we need to like return to our teachings and return to a sense of balance in the way that we live. Women can be all kinds of different types of women and still be interested in women. And that's actually when I started to understand and learn about the term two-spirit as well. My job is to now be strong and present these conversations out in the world as a pillar of strength in it, knowing that my family has my back. All parts of the industry that I love intersect at the notion of storytelling, whether it be about music or something else. I love overseeing content strategy, and I hope I get to do that again soon on an exciting platform with a team looking to disrupt and try new things. And team is a keyword here. I'm really looking for another great team because mine will be hard to match. To anyone else who's been chipping away at little pieces of themselves, I dedicate this episode to you. And I hope you pick up those pieces and do something amazing with them. Reach out also if you would like to tell your media story. And in the name of Women's History Month and International Women's Day this week, what better excuse than to spend a little time with the resilient women who have shared their stories here already? I've got a new episode for you next week with Laura Simpson, the CEO and co-founder of Side Door, an artist platform that's bringing alternative venues to musicians all over the place. And until then, there's uh, 28 other episodes for you to check out. Thank you for listening here and anywhere else that you've been following along with my journey. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Wish us luck. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.